Hey there, this is Andrew bringing you the last Dark Tidings set review for my channel. Uh, this will be of Star Alliance. I'm excited to get this done. Uh, I'll have it done while well, I'm doing it <laughs> the week before Keyforge Celebration, where I'll get my hands on a Winds of Exchange deck. Very excited about that, uh, but I'll probably publish it after, so... Uh, who knows what crazy thoughts I'll have by the time this is actually in front of some people or in some people's ears. So, oh well, that's okay. Um, I should have gotten around to this earlier. I should have gotten somebody to do it with me. Ah, life is hard. What are you going to do? Uh, but I'm excited to start the Winds of Exchange series before long. And uh, maybe I really will follow through on getting guests for those. Uh, I'll do my best. We'll see. Okay, so this is Star Alliance. Let's talk about it. Um, so the first questions, the question I ask in these videos is what, uh, if I sit across from one of these decks, let's say in Sealed, what am I expecting to see out of Star Alliance specifically in Winds of Exchange? And actually there's a little bit of a difference here, uh, especially compared to Worlds Collide, but certainly compared to Mass Mutation as well. Uh, but yeah, what am I expecting to see? And here are my answers. I am expecting to see some house cheating. Uh, Star Alliance is big on that. Star Alliance is really largely an efficiency house like Logos. However, Logos tends to do pr primarily efficiency through draw archives, a little bit of house cheating, and Star Alliance tends to do a lot of house cheating, a little bit of draw and archive stuff. So uh, they are definitely different in that way. Star Alliance tends to have some cross-house use effects, much more than you would see in Logos. So they're quite distinct in those ways, but both uh, provide efficiency for your deck. So for all three sets that they've been available together, I've certainly been of the opinion that if you get a Logos Star Alliance deck, it's probably going to be pretty high efficiency, but those two houses are going to be providing efficiency in different ways. All right, uh, Star Alliance has a focus on diversity, rewarding you for having uh, a diverse board with uh, various, with different houses represented. So uh, there's a destruction effect that leaves uh, one creature from each house. There's a... Uh, there's an artifact that forces people to choose, switch up their house choices. There is a, uh, what am I thinking? Oh yeah, there's a destruction effect that gets one house at a time. So you're rewarded for playing out different houses. Um, yeah, they, they care a lot about having a diverse house composition. Uh, in terms of other other things that you can expect out of Star Alliance, they really are obsessed with upgrades, and so there are a ton of upgrades in Star Alliance, and there are creatures that can be played as upgrades, which have not shown up in any other house yet. Uh, there is there there is some draw and archives traditionally in Star Alliance. I don't actually think there's any archives in this set. Uh, but there is also some manipulate the top of your deck stuff that you don't see in Logos. So that's another way their efficiency is a little different. And the thing that is, in my view, significantly missing in Star Alliance in this set, especially compared to Worlds Collide, but also a little bit compared to uh, Mass Mutation, is that there are fewer play fight reap effects. 
Star Alliance in Worlds Collide was certainly the house of Play, Fight, Reap. There were a ton of creatures that had Play, Fight, Reap effects. Not every single creature, but a lot of them. Whereas in this set, uh, there are just uh, just a handful. I think it might even just be one, but don't quote me on that. We'll see as we go through. So fewer certainly than in uh, than in Worlds Collide. Mass Mutation, the effects, I in my opinion, were a little less strong, but there was still a lot of play, fight, reap. So interesting how that's changed. All right. Next question. Favorite in-house combo? Uh, actually, the next question should be, and I did not write down an answer to this already, the next question should be, what other house would I like to see with this? Uh, and it's probably Logos, because that means I'm going to have a very efficient deck, and it's probably going to have a chance at being pretty good at just racing to a finish. Uh, Star Alliance Logos Untamed can be a pretty good rush setup, actually, in Dark Tidings in a way that is uh, can potentially be on par with Coda Rush. Uh, yeah, actually, it potentially can be about the same power level as Coda Rush. You just probably there are fewer decks that can do it, but there are some really good ones. Uh, okay, so. Yeah, I would say Logos. And then uh, favorite in-house combo for me would have to be uh, Calm Officer Hings with uh, with Rocketeer Triska, getting to drop the Hings on the board ready and then fish out the gross, plop him down on the other side of the board, reap and draw a bunch of cards is really cool. Uh, if I could have a legacy card, it would definitely be Stealth Mode. That Stealth Mode is just so good. Uh, kind of overly good especially at common so it'd be fun to get as a legacy and as a maverick i would love to get yuri and the circumspect because getting to drop him next to triska and then plop down some upgrades that increase his power and armor uh sounds pretty awesome all right let's go ahead oh there is stealth mode and there is Urian. uh reap gain amber equal to his armor uh, all right, moving on, let's go ahead and start talking through the cards. We'll be going in numeric order. So uh, in Dark Tidings, that means rare, uncommon, common. And I interspersed, except I interspersed the evil twins to be next to their non-evil twin versions, like normal. Okay, uh, so Calm Officer Hings is a three-power human, always comes with Calm Officer Gross, and they each have this play effect that lets you search your deck for the other one of them, reveal it, and put it into your hand, and then you shuffle your deck after doing that. Calm Officer Hings has, in my opinion, the more powerful effect. When you fight or reap with her, you draw one card for each creature between Calm Officer Hings and Calm Officer Gross. So the one downside to this is, like, as your board, you know, if, even if these stay on the board, as your other creatures dwindle, the effects get less and less powerful. Although Gross actually helps with that a little bit, we'll see. But uh, if you can drop this with Big Board, it's just crazy powerful. And that's why I love having Triska to put down, because this does not have a Play, Fight, Reap effect. It has a Play effect, and then a Fight, effect, fight Reap effect that is good. Uh, you really need the Triska to know that you can fire this. Gross... Uh, so yeah, so Hings draws one card for each creature between Calm Officer Hings and Calm Officer Gross. Gross also looks at the creatures between, but puts a plus one power counter on each of them. So that can help keep them on the board, uh, but in my opinion, less powerful than drawing cards. 
All right, Z-Force Agent 14 is back from mass mutation, a five power cyborg with fight, gain one amber for each upgrade on Z-Force Agent 14, uh, which is a really nice effect. That's a pretty decent beefy creature size as it is, but Z-Force Agent 14 comes with three upgrades, the first of which is Z-Particle Tracker. This creature gains fight, search your deck for an upgrade and put it into your hand, shuffle your deck. So this helps you find your other upgrades. Z-Ray Blaster gives the creature plus three power. And before fight, deal three damage to each neighbor of the creature this creature fights. And Z-Wave Emitter says at the start of your turn, ward this creature. And they each have an amber. Um, it's a pretty great setup if you can get it working. Because um, you fight, you gain amber for fighting. More than you would reaping. You're getting more upgrades. It's just great. So this is a fun setup. It's not always good, although I can imagine it being better with Triska to help it. But it's not always good, but uh, it is cool for sure. All right. Uh, Scott, or 5C077, is a two-power robot. After Scott reaps, you ready and use another friendly creature with the same power as Scott, and you may give Scott a plus one power counter or remove a plus one power counter from Scott. So it helps you with that cross house use um, and that gain or lose power counter mechanic is kind of interesting. It's interesting that you uh, gain or lose the power counter after you ready and use another friendly creature. And actually it's worth noting you could ready and use a friendly creature in the same house as well. So Okay, the evil twin version of Scott is also a two-power robot, but after reaping destroys another creature with the same power as Scott, and then it has the same you can plus or minus power counter. You can give, give it a power counter or remove one. You can't take it below two that way. All right, Book of IEQ is back from Worlds Collide. It's an artifact and item. After you action it, you re reveal the top card of your deck, and if it is a non-Star Alliance card, its house becomes your active house, otherwise end your turn. And this is a little tricky because if, uh, if you reveal a Star Alliance card or if your deck is just empty, then your turn ends immediately. So you actually skip steps, the rest of step, step three, because you're probably using this on step three, and steps four and five, so you do not ready your creatures or artifacts, and you do not draw up to your hand size. So that is a significant potential downside if you get unlucky with what you reveal this way. Of course, if you reveal a non-Star Alliance card, you get to take that, uh, do basically a turn in that house now, and then ready everything and draw like normal. So when, you, when it hits, it's very powerful. When it misses, it stinks. All right, Captain Valjerico has been in every Star Alliance set so far. She's a five-power human leader with one armor, and while she's in the center of your battle line, you may play one card that is not of the active house during your turn. That's really powerful. The huge benefit to this is this applies because it's just a constant effect. This applies even on your non-Star Alliance turn, so this keeps giving you the benefit as long as she's on the board and you can keep your board balanced with her in the middle. Uh, super good. This, I think Val might be the most powerful leader. Uh, probably, in my opinion, close close contention with Zenzi, Zenzi Zenzik from Logos. 
and then I would say the third would be Lord Invidious from Dis. But uh, I think Val is probably the strongest. If you get her out early and can keep her in the center, you just uh, do a lot of good work. So I'm always excited when I see a, a deck with Val in it. All right. It is worth noticing, though, that if you somehow, like, uh, if you removed her from the board back to your hand and put her back and got her in the center again, she would fire again. But if you just take her off from being the center and then put her back in the center again, she doesn't fire a second time because st she's still the same effect. Uh, okay. Next is Cease Forge. This is a really interesting kind of key cheat. And I, I really like this artifact as a concept. Hope they bring it back. New and Dark Tidings. So it's an artifact with an amber. It's a law. When you play it, you put two time counters on it. And it says that players can't forge keys. But at the start of your turn, you remove a time counter from Cease Forge and then destroy it if there are no time counters left. So assuming your uh, opponent does not have any artifact control and you keep up enough keys, uh, the next key that will be forged, the next opportunity, nobody can forge a key until the start of the turn where this gets destroyed, where you then would do your normal forge a key step. So essentially you're saying no keys for two turns, and then you'll get the first opportunity to forge a key at the end of that. So um, again, it's, it's effectively a delayed key cheat that protects you from losing while it's out. Um, on the other hand, if your opponent has artifact control, they can get rid of this and win and, you know, okay. But uh, just a super interesting concept. I love it. And I'm very glad they made it. Hope they bring it back. Okay. Commander Dirksger is a, I like to say it, Dirksger uh, is a four power mutant. And after an upgrade is attached to it or one of its neighbors, you gain an amber. That's uh, theoretically pretty good. In practice, I haven't gotten much value out of this. Um, but it's still a cool idea, um, so I'm not sad they made it. This is back from Mass Mutation. Back from Worlds Collide is Crash Muldoon, who's a three-power human pilot with Deploy, who enters play ready and has action use a neighboring non-Star Alliance creature. Um, yeah, that could be a pretty nice effect. Um, again, that that house cheating obviously you're not getting an extra reap but the ability to do it the turn you play it is pretty great um yeah it's just a all around a good interesting card i like it and if you don't have other creatures better better options then just go ahead and reap okay uh dive or d1v3 pod is an upgrade that says while the tide is high this creature gains skirmish while the tide is low this creature gains elusive I always struggled to understand why this card exists in a world where there is a ring of invisibility. I mean, I guess that different houses, so, uh, but this is just strictly a worse version of ring of invisibility that doesn't even have an amber on it, so kind of sad. Dr. Driscoll's back from Worlds Collide, three power human scientist with elusive and action, heal two damage from a creature, gain one Amber for each damage healed this way. I think this is an underappreciated card. Um, it's actually good burst, and what it basically means is if you have two creatures, this and one other, you can use the other creature to fight, still get your two amber, um, and yeah, it's pretty great. Encounter Suit is an upgrade that has been in every 
uh, Starlight set so far. It is so good. Uh, it says that after an action card is played, but before resolving its play effect, ward this creature. This protects a creature from a lot of things. Um, a lot of spot removal for creatures It is, you know, in action form. And so uh, this protects against most of that. Um, it is interesting that pips would fire before this would trigger. So if you had like, a, let's say, lights out with two damage pips on it, you would play the lights out, you would do the two damage pips, and then you would ward the creature, and then you would push two creatures to their opponent's hand, or to your opponent's hand. So um, the encounter suit would protect from the lights out effect, but not necessarily from those pips if you weren't already worded. So that's kind of interesting, but um, still, it's quite, quite good. <clears throat> Exploratory craft is an artifact. It's a ship. It has action, exhaust up to three friendly creatures. I really like that this just says friendly. It doesn't care what uh, what house they're in, and for each house represented this way, re represented among car creatures exhausted this way, draw a card. So this actually wants you to do across three different houses, and you can potentially draw three cards. That's pretty great. Forging an alliance is an action with an amber. When you play it, you forge a key at plus seven current costs, reduced by one to a maximum of six for each house represented among cards in play. So even if you have like some sort of magic you still can only uh forge at still plus one cost like like a key charge except that you're getting the amber here so it's effectively forge at you know normal um at that point if there are six different houses in play importantly it counts your opponent's houses as well and yeah this is just a good interesting key cheat um that has been in every starland set so far it's great i'm not sad to see it General Order 24, also in all three sets. Uh, it's an artifact. It's a law. It's really interesting. It says at the start of each player's turn, they must choose a creature they control and destroy each creature of the chosen creature's house. So I'm choosing a creature I control, then I look at the house of it, and I destroy all creatures of that house, which could include my opponent's creatures. Um, but if the player has no creatures in play, then they destroy the General Order 24 instead. Um, so this is just a fun thing to play around and worth getting some games in with at some point just to be familiar with it. It definitely can be used uh, inefficiently, uh, suboptimally, but quite good if you deploy it in the right circumstances. Okay, Make It So is new in Dark Tidings. It's an action with an amber that says choose a house, reveal the top card of your deck. If that card belongs to the chosen house, draw it and trigger this effect again. So you potentially could draw your whole deck this way if you just are really lucky at naming cards. Uh, in practice, you probably get one or maybe two draws out of it. Uh, you're really lucky if you get one if you didn't have an effect that let you look at the top of your deck. Matter Maker is an artifact with an amber. Uh, it says that you may play upgrades as if they belong to the active house. This is really fun. It suffers a little bit from the lack of upgrades in other houses, although if you get in a deck with upgrades in all three houses, that's pretty awesome. And obviously, it's nicer to get this in a deck that has a lot of upgrades in Star Alliance as well, so that you're getting max value for this card. Uh, in my experience, it almost never comes in decks that have a lot of upgrades, so I've just never seen it be great. I really think they should have done, like, make this, like, auto-encoder, where it's a common, but max one of, 
but they didn't ask me. That's okay. Still in the rares here, we have Plasma Nozzle back from Worlds Collide. It's an upgrade with an amber. It gives a creature before fight deal two damage to the attack creature with two splash. Very nice. And then we have the first play fight reap effect we've seen so far. Professor Emeritus Keating, a one power human with deploy and play fight reap use one of its neighbors. If the tide is high, also use its other neighbor. That's a really nice effect. And even just at the, you know, if you have the tide high when you first play it, getting to use both of its neighbors and getting to choose whether you fight or reap is just a super strong effect. Of course, it's only one power, so it probably dies on your opponent's next turn, but it is uh, very interesting and fun, so I'm, I'm a big fan of this card. Also a big fan, I really like Star Alliance. I think Star Alliance cards are just fun, so... Uh, yeah, overall, really big fan of this house. The Ulf Barrett device is an artifact with an amber. It's an item. It says each player cannot choose the same active house they chose on their previous turn. So, uh, unlike, so Snag's Mirror is an artifact that does something similar to this, but you just, you can't choose what your opponent chose. Whereas Ulf Barrett device says you can't choose what you chose last time. So forces you to be a little diverse, which is uh, fun and interesting. And that's great. Um, really hope they bring this back. It's really interesting. It's interesting control. And it's fun because it, you know, the, the opponent and you both have to play around it. And it, I, I love it. Okay. Sorry, um, <laughs> gushing a little bit here. Um, okay, Star Alliance is, uh, is a house. Star Alliance is a house. United Action is an action. It has alpha, so has to be played at the start of your turn three. And when you play it for the remainder of the turn, you may play cards from any house for which you have a card in play. You cannot use cards this turn. This is, uh, this is on the Alliance restricted list precisely because of a situation where if you could, uh, if you had an, a legacy uh, library access, you could theoretically play this, play uh, either, play some way to get a Logos card on the board if you don't already have one, and then play the library access and then proceed to play your entire deck over and over again because if every time you play a card you draw a card and you can play every card in your deck that's pretty stinking good um, obviously you have to have some way to make sure your third house is also on the board uh that that you know you would be definitely crafting a deck around that if you're doing this in alliance because it's on the restricted list you can't possibly play this in a deck with library access uh in in alliance um but uh, it still has potential to be pretty strong. Um, and I think it benefits from cards we'll see later, like uh, Agung, which helps with the initial getting uh, the off-house creature on the board or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, Agent Septia is a four-power Aquan with one armor, and Fight Reap deal one damage to a creature. If the tide is high, stun that creature. Uh, yeah, this is nice. I don't think they need the if the tide is high thing, but it's fine, and um, it's it's a it's a decent fun creature. Uh, it's not a, that's an uncommon. And then continuing in the uncommons, we have a way team, which is back from mass mutation. It's a five power alien human robot. Got three traits going on there. 
and it has destroyed put each upgrade on away team into its owner's archives so this uh you know fits in with the whole play a lot of upgrades theme in star alliance where you're playing the upgrades on this at some point your opponent kills this this dies for whatever reason and now you get to bring the upgrades back on your next turn and play them again which is pretty cool cheetah or ch337a is a three power robot with elusive but uh oh Three power robot with elusive, and while the tide is high, each of its neighbors also gets elusive. Um, so it's kind of like a cloaking dongle, but in a creature form. Uh, kind of funny to me that you can't use this as an upgrade. Um, seems like maybe you should have been able to, but maybe they play tested and it was horrible. The evil twin version of Cheetah is also a three power robot, but it has skirmish instead of elusive and while the tide is high each of his neighbors gain skirmish that's actually pretty interesting i i kind of like that then we have colonist chapman a three power human with taunt uh that's low power for a creature with taunt but each of its non-star alliance neighbors gains reap gain one so uh if you can get non-star alliance neighbors out next to this then their reaps get better which is kind of cool there's an evil twin version, which has elusive, and when you play it, you capture all amber from each player, which is kind of weird and crazy. Um, don't like him. <laughs> all right, CXO Tabor is a three-power alien Kirksix. With Fight Reap, you may play or use a non-Star Alliance card this turn. It's from Worlds Collide. Interesting, the play or use wording that... Uh, First creature I can remember seeing that on is are the ambassadors from Star or from Sanctum rather in uh, Age of Ascension, but um, play or use means you could you could like reap with this and then play an off house card or you could reap with this and use an off house card. Both are strong, um, but it's so flexible. It's really nice, and I think that's why this never had a play fight reap, even though it did come from Worlds Collide. Next, we have Force Field, which is an upgrade with an amber, and it gives the creature Reap, ward this creature. Really nice, protective upgrade. I like it. That's back from Worlds Collide also. And then we have Lay of the Land, which has been in every Star Alliance set. It's an, upgrade, it's an action with an amber. When you play Lay of the Land, you look at the top three cards of your deck, and you put them back in any order. And then you draw a card. It's really strong. Uh, really nice. Usually what you can do is just make sure you draw a Star Alliance card, um, which is which is good. <clears throat> Mutagenesis Researcher is back from Mass Mutation. It's a three-power mutant scientist with enhance one of every type of icon of the four that exists currently anyway. Sabotage Mission is an action with an amber. When you play it, it makes keys cost plus one for each different power value. Oh, that's the other type of diversity that Star Alliance cares about is power values. Uh, yeah, so keys cost plus one for each different power value among friendly creatures during your opponent's next turn. Uh, that's interesting, and I like it. Then we have Selective Preservation. Choose a creature of each power value and destroy each creature not chosen. So again, rewards you for having a variety of power values. Then we have Static Collection Array, which is terrible. Uh, it's an artifact with an amber and it's an item and it says that your keys cost minus one while the tide is high. Why isn't that great? Well, because 
plus one while the tide is low. So if you're at five amber, what is your opponent going to do? They're going to take the tide. And uh, even if you're at six or seven, they might do that and make you forge for seven or prevent you from forging, which is probably worse. Stunner is an upgrade with an amber, and it gives a creature fight reap. You may stun a creature. This is a really nice effect. Um, yeah, fantastic. Love this card. Then we have Teresa, or T3R35A, who is a three-power robot that can be used as if it belonged to either of its neighbor's houses, which is decent, but it can be played as an upgrade and give that effect to the creature it's attached to, uh, which is super good. I mean, if you can take a strong creature and give it the ability to be used every turn, as long as you have you know, diverse neighbors for it, that is super powerful. So I, I love Teresa. I'm a big fan of this. hope they bring it back because it was a new and dark tidings. Together is an action that's, a, that's also new in Dark Tidings. It's, it says play. You may play a non-Star Alliance card. If the tide is high, you may play another non-Star Alliance card. That's pretty good. It's, it's actually, yeah, that's a really good card. Uh, Universal Translator has been in every Star Alliance set. It's an upgrade with an amber, and it gives a creature Fight Reap. Use a friendly non-Star Alliance creature. Really nice effect, because when it comes out, if you have a ready creature, slap this on there, and then you get you know, the Commander Chan-like effect. Really nice. Xeno Training, also in every Star Alliance set, it's an action with an amber that says, play for each house represented among friendly creatures, a friendly creature captures one. Uh, nice for keeping your opponent from winning, which is an important thing to help you not lose. On to the commons. Ambervac, usually a little bit of a dud, although I have seen it be good. It's an upgrade, no amber. It says play, raise the tide, and it gives the creature at the start of your turn, if the tide is high, capture to amber. Uh, yeah, that can be a nice effect, especially if you're playing against non-Dark Titans decks, because it really puts pressure on your opponent to go ahead and take those chains to take the tide, uh, or you're going to keep capturing from them. Biome Discovery is an action with an amber, and it says if the tide is high, you may look at the top two cards of your deck and discard one of them. Otherwise, raise the tide. So this is some of that deck manipulation that we that I mentioned. Uh, otherwise, raise the tide, which in Dark Tidings is not, not a bad option. Next, we have CR Officer Hawkins, who is a two-power human with deploy, so it can enter anywhere on the battle line. And when you play it, you gain one amber for each of its non-Star Alliance neighbors. And this pairs well with cards like... Uh, well, we haven't seen yet Unity or Discord, which can bring cards back to your hand from the board. Um, yeah, this can be a little bit of nice burst. Starlings is not a terribly bursty house. It's just a very efficient house. So this is a little bit of burst in there. And there's an evil twin version here, which... Uh, also is a two-power human with deploy, but when you play it, your opponent loses one for each of its non-Star Alliance neighbors. Shocking. Next, we have Diplomat Agung, and uh, like I said, this is really good paired with uh, United Action because it gives you a chance to pop your, uh, to add a uh, creature of another house, namely the Agung, if you don't have anything else. So it's a two-power alien Kirksix, and it has Play Fight Reap, so here's the second Play Fight Reap effect we've seen in this set, I think. 
play fight reap for the remainder of the turn a friendly creature belongs to the house of your choice in addition to its other houses this is uh maybe the only card in the game right now that can give a card two houses at once but um yeah when you play it it gives a, a creature the house of your choice so if you you know have a logos star alliance shadows deck you play united action and then you play diplomat agung you can make the diplomat agung be shadows and then you can play other shadows cards grand alliance council is an action when you play it you choose a creature of each house and you destroy each creature not chosen uh this is an, another interesting one to pair with agung because you could theoretically like if your opponent had discs you're in dark tidings you don't even have discs but you could make the agung be discs so that you can preserve it and kill all the other discards all right lieutenant karkar is back from worlds collide it's a five power alien hand you hand with taunt five power taunt with hazardous three that's a pretty beefy body so uh good protection there back from worlds collide of course it does not have a blaster in this set lieutenant valmar or as i like to call it lieutenant walmart is a three power alien scientist this is another play fight reap effect so i guess this is number three uh if the tide is high keys cost plus three during your opponent's next turn uh yeah that's a that's a pretty nice effect um in uh previous sets you had uh garcia sensor chief garcia who also had play fight reap raise the cost but just by two but it wasn't dependent on the tide so kind of interesting um obviously this is a little stronger actually if the tide is high light of the archons it's stronger because bigger number uh light of the archons is an upgrade with an amber and it gets uh it gives the creatures attached to plus one power and plus one armor armor for each upgrade that's attached to it um and yeah that is really strong in a house that loves upgrades so do it <laughs> um yeah and and this is where this is really the main enabler in star alliance of what i would call voltron setups where you get one creature that is not normally very big and you make it very big and hard to kill you get this and then encounter suit on a creature and then start to build some other upgrades onto it and it gets very hard to kill very quickly and that has been has that been in every set so far no just worlds collide and dark tidings interesting uh officer's blaster is an upgrade with an amber new in dark tidings it gives the creature plus two power and the creature gets destroyed you can attach the blaster to its right neighbor um so that's kind of cool then we have operative espion who's a four power alien with elusive and after a player raises the tide during their turn they may use a creature they control you have to be careful with this one because it it can actually help your opponent in certain circumstances you just have to have better uses than they do uh or else they can they can get pretty good value out of this and get ahead so be careful because uh yeah using off house is strong and this actually can let your opponent use off house there's an evil twin version who is also four power alien with elusive but has after a player raises the tide during their turn they may deal three damage to a creature so interesting trade-off there i think i like the non-evil twin better but uh this is interesting rocketeer triska is a four power human 
sometimes I like to say try ska because uh, you should. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's a four power. She's a four power human that says while the tide is high, uh, her neighbors interplay ready, which is pretty strong, uh, potentially just depends on what you're pairing her with, but can be very strong. The evil twin version, uh, applies the interplay ready to Rocketeer Triska herself, not her neighbors and has skirmish. All right. Then we have science officer, uh, Chinkan. Um, who, uh, I actually don't know the correct way to pronounce it. I think I'm saying it the most correct way, but, uh, I don't think I'm exclusively right there. Two power alien proximate scientists. So three traits there. Um, hoity toity has elusive and says after a player chooses an active house, which matches no cards in play, steal one Amber. Uh, so the back from worlds collide, that could be a pretty interesting card. Um, I think it's it's hard to depend on if you're especially if you end up playing against a mirror match your opponent also has the same houses as you or some of the same houses as you uh this is not going to do nearly as well all right shield you later is a three power robot with two armor uh that can be played as an upgrade instead with the text this creature gets plus two armor pretty simple but amazing on yuri in the circumspect and then shield you later is the evil twin or the, the evil twin version of shield you later uh, is a five power robot that can be played as an upgrade instead of a creature and says this creature loses all armor and gets plus two power. So this would be an offensive upgrade. You put it on your opponent's card and uh, kill it. That's pretty cool. I mean, if you it's interesting because if you put this on a um if you put this on a creature even that's warded, that's, say, two power, you put this on, the power goes down to zero, the creature will immediately try to die, pop the ward, and then immediately try to die again and keep trying to die until it dies. The only thing that could prevent a creature from dying from this would be, I think, uh, indestructible, um, like, think, Nizak, the Forgotten, or Ghost Form. Actually, Nizak might die too, but don't don't quote me on that. Uh, but Ghost Form would keep a, a creature alive through this. Outside of that, it's going to die. Oh, if you put this on, if you put two of these on a reassembling automaton, that would that would create an interesting game state. All right, Technobabble is an action with an amber. It says stun a creature and each of its houses that share a neighbor with it. So this punishes your opponent for not spreading things out. That's interesting. Unity or Discord is an action that is potentially very good. Uh, you choose one of these options. Either you use a friendly non-Star Alliance creature, which can be quite good, or return up to two friendly creatures and each upgrade attached to them to their owner's hands. So in that way, this kind of fills in the slot that would have been transporter platform in the last two sets. And uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So I'm I'm uh, not upset about this card. I might prefer a transporter platform, but this is still pretty cool and interesting. Zap is an action with an amber. When you play it, you deal one damage to a creature for each house represented among creatures in play. Keep in mind that's among creatures in play, so uh, it includes your opponent's creatures. And I guess with Agungs, you could get up to uh, beyond six with this one, uh, but dealing you know 10 damage is not that powerful, so I think it's fine. And that damage can be split up, which is important. Okay.
that's it. That is Star Alliance in Dark Tidings. Hope you enjoyed. I, again, really want to reiterate, I think this is a very fun house and never sad to see Star Alliance in my decks. I hope they continue that fun vibe in Winds of Exchange. I'm sure they will. And looking forward to getting to play some more Star Alliance in the future. All right, thanks for watching. Get out there and forge some keys.